The Ron Clark Academy is without question one of the most innovative, dynamic, and influential educational institutions in the world today. Students all over the world are being impacted by the great things that are going on in this little warehouse in one of the most challenged neighborhoods of Atlanta. Today, we will hear from the co-founder and executive director of the Ron Clark Academy, who is also a best-selling author of the book, Crash Course, The Life Lessons My Students Taught Me. Kim Bearden will be our guest. In our local Heroes of the Hallway segment, we will be hearing about father engagement in the Jackson, Mississippi public school system. Frederick Nolan is the full-time watchdogs coordinator for JPS, and he will be telling us how dads are stepping up in the classroom at local schools in Jackson. And, as usual, we will be talking about how easy and inexpensive it is to get dads engaged in your local school. So stick around for the next 30 minutes or so and enjoy this edition of Watchdogs Radio. Live from the Watchdogs Radio Studio in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Watchdogs National Office in Springdale, Arkansas, you are listening to Watchdogs Radio. Watchdogs Radio is a production of the Dads of Great Students program of the National Center of Fathering. For more information, go to fathers.com slash watchdogs. And now, here's the host of Watchdogs Radio, Keith Shoemaker. Well, hello and welcome to the 132nd edition of Watchdogs Radio. As you can hear, we have a big crowd here in the Watchdogs Radio studio in Atlanta. And as you know, Atlanta crowds are very big. We had Atlanta Falcons coach Mike Smith help us get a large crowd into the studio here today. So we're very happy to have that. And uh, I would like to welcome my co-host, Mr. Chris Dannenauer at the Watchdogs National Office in Springdale, Arkansas. Chris, can you hear me okay over the crowd noise? Keith, yeah. I can hear you just fine. Yeah, the crowd is on their feet and roaring. And, uh, yeah, I guess I guess you're kind of, you know, what, what's it say, April showers brings, I don't forget. Bring, it doesn't come, matter what like size the crowd come, is in Atlanta, they're always loud, right? Yeah, like a lion, huh? Ready for yeah. spring. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey! No, things are good here, Keith. We are gearing up for our early bird special here at Watchdogs. Uh, mm-hmm. Those who are existing Watchdog schools uh, know that mean what that means. Our program of replenish pack and our value refill pack uh, will have uh, special pricing starting tomorrow. So be looking for emails to take advantage uh, of our special uh, pricing and discounts. Okay. Tomorrow uh, through April, we're uh, gearing up, and I want to just let our listeners know, Keith, and I mm-hmm. don't know if I even told you this, but our listeners, I want to kind of give our, our listeners a plug, be coming back and, and checking out us on Facebook and Twitter. You and I might be giving away a, a free program or finish pack or two uh, during oh, cool. this month. Cool. Okay. April. Well, uh, for those that have been involved in the Watch Dogs program over the years, you know that we generally turn the calendar over April the 1st. That's when we start putting out the new watchdog kits, the new uh, calendars, the new uh, replenish packs for the uh, the next school year. So we're getting ready for that next school year, getting ready to uh, you know give dads that chance to be involved in your local school 
and uh, we'll give you the information and the uh, the packs to do that. So, uh, so yeah, I'd love to give away a few of them. You know, uh, one of the things that we do when we go out and do our training, uh, when uh, Eric and I travel uh, nationwide and we do our uh, watchdogs parent engagement training, the father involvement training, you know, we uh, we do occasionally give away uh, a startup kit. So uh, that, that's always nice. It's always nice to be able to give somebody something, especially when you see them in that class and they're so excited about moving on with the program and, you have that drawing, and you just see their eyes light up when they're ready to rock. All they got to do is go back and get their principal support. And within about four weeks of the training, they can be up and running with the program. So that is great. And, Chris, for anybody that is listening today that may not be so familiar with our training program, we do the training not only live at conferences. I, matter of fact, I just got back from uh, Michigan PTA in Lansing, Michigan. You know, it actually snowed up there while I was up there, Chris. You know that. You know how that made me feel. <laughs> oh man, don't, don't don't rub it in. I would love to oh, build a castle or igloo or have a snowball fight. I, I wasn't very thrilled about having that plane de-iced as we rolled out of there, but but yeah, we had a great crowd with Michigan PTA. Uh, always have some fun up there, and uh, you know, I kind of keep my personal feelings a little clandestine while I'm up there, but uh, great people up there and they're doing some great stuff. So anyway, well, let's uh, let's move right along with our show here. We've got, we've got some extra special guests today. We have from Jackson, Mississippi, we have some great folks going to call up and uh, they're actually on the line. Now let's go ahead and bring them on and I will let uh, Frederick uh, introduce uh, who he has with him. But uh, Frederick Nolan is the Watchdogs uh, coordinator for the uh, Jackson Public School System and uh, has been doing a tremendous amount of work down there for us over the years, giving dads the chance to be involved in their kids' education. And uh, we just want to hear a little bit from him. Uh, so, Frederick, as we move on through our uh, local heroes of the hallways, Frederick, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Keith? Good, good. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I know uh, you've got some friends online with us, so who have you got with us today? Well, we we appreciate you all having us once again. We We're at Span Elementary School in Jackson Public Schools in Jackson, Mississippi, one of our bright, shining programs here. We have our top dog coordinator, Mr. Will Herring, and also our school coordinator, Mr. Richard Jones. Um, they've been doing a phenomenal job here at SPAN. Okay, so let's talk about the program. Uh, you know, that you're a, um, this is a uh, elementary school or is this middle school? This is an elementary school. Elementary school. So, Will, are you, are you online with me? Yes, sir. I'm here. Great, great. Well, Will, tell me a little bit about your program. Uh, how do you guys launch it every year, and, and how long have you been involved in the Watchdogs program? I've been involved probably about two years now. Mm-hmm. We launched the program doing a, a Donuts for Dads program where the, the dads, they come out, and we have the, the kids try to get the parents involved. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, Richard, can you tell me if, if I'm a father – at your school, and uh, I'm going to take that day off of work, and, and I've, I've gotten my annual leave day, I've gotten everything signed off by my boss, and I'm going to, instead of going to work, I'm going to come in to work for you at the school. What's my day going to look like? We usually try to accommodate dads by having a schedule. We have a strict schedule for the um, dads to follow, and it outlines everything that they are supposed to do for each hour. Um, they're going to visit classrooms and help the teachers. They go to the cafeteria and help the cafeteria staff with uh, um, assisting them with passing out trays and drinks to the students. And we have an outline. We have an outline schedule for those dads to follow if they would like to volunteer. So do they uh, do they help out with arrivals in the morning and, and uh, dismissal as well? 
Absolutely. Mr. Herring is usually here every morning, and he directs traffic, and he assists mm-hmm. students for getting out of their vehicles in the morning. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a that's a big deal, especially as we move further north. I know uh, how much the teachers in the wintertime, they love to have a little bit of help out there because it gets kind of cold out there pulling on those car doors in the morning. But, You're right uh, about that. Exactly. Well, um, Richard, tell me about how many dads do you have participate in your program? We have, usually we have over 100 dads to show up for our launch event, our Donuts mm-hmm. for Dad launch event. Typically, we have about half of those dads to return and volunteer okay. throughout the school year. So we have a pretty good turnout for dads who are wanting to be involved in their child's education. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of guys that come back more than just once a year? Absolutely. It just depends based on their schedule. And, you know, sometimes they just drop in for a couple of minutes. You know, that's all the time they can spare. But we do have a a lot of dads or recurring dads. Okay. Sounds great. Well, Frederick, how many schools in Jackson uh, are running the Watchdogs program currently? Well, right now, Keith, we're in a rebuilding phase right now because of some changes we've had in administration on down. Currently, Mm -hmm. we have roughly... We have about seven elementary schools that are participating currently, but, okay. but I've met I've met with several other elementary schools, but they are not quite ready to launch at this point. And uh, we have uh, gained one middle school this year in Blackburn Middle School who actually is participating along with Rowan Middle School. So we're slowly but steadily moving the needle, but we're, mm-hmm. of course, trying to engage and empower more dads to come into our schools. Exactly. And of course, you know, we love to see the guys growing up with the kids to move from that elementary level to the middle school level. And we've seen a tremendous growth at the middle school level with with the Watchdogs program and the guys that are moving on. It's a little bit different. You kind of have to tweak it a little bit because of the the, the attitudes of the kids change a little bit. It's not holding hands at the bus stop so much anymore. And then even more so at our uh, our schools that are running uh, high school programs. So uh, it's a very, uh, very interesting. Glad to hear things are going so well in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. So uh, I, I would imagine the weather's starting to get warm down there. Are your trees blooming yet? Yeah, we have some early blooming and some pollen, pollinating with some sinuses going. But, but yeah, and back to the middle school, we actually yes, are, are gearing our middle schools to have more project-driven. At Rowan, they have a very successful program where they teach young men to tie ties and uh, Blackburn is in the process of trying to brand their program to find out what their niche will be mm-hmm. so that we can really encourage the middle school dads to come in, help out. Of course, it is going to look differently than the elementary where they read mostly. Right. Uh, we're really engaging the dads more so at the middle level. Not sure. quite yet high school yet, but we're we're beginning talks with them as well. Hmm. Okay. Kind of like having career day every day of the year, huh? No, but that's pretty much what is happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we are going to be rolling into our break here in just a second. We've got a, a a super special guest coming up after the break here. But Frederick, as we wind up here, have you got any uh, anything else you'd love to brag about about the uh, Watchdogs program in the Jacksonville City School System? Well, we're in Jackson, not Jacksonville. They're in Florida, but we're here in <laughs> Sorry Jackson, about Mississippi. That. That's okay. I know you're close to them out there in Atlanta. <laughs> but actually, I'm going to brag about this school just recently. Um, they're kind of modest here, but I, they invited me to participate at a space jump. Uh, what do you call it? It was a, a behavior party. It was a behavior party. We have a PBIS program that works with uh, rewarding students. So this was a big reward 
spearheaded by our top dog here, Mr. Will Herring. He's a man of little words, but I'll brag on him for a minute. But uh, they had this tremendous, I would text you these pictures later, uh, Keith. Okay. They had space jumps inside and outside. Had a little miss rain, but that didn't stop this watchdog team. And the students all the way from kindergarten through fifth grade each had a turn to go in. The whole staff, everybody was on board. Parents and other parents came. It was just a whole community kind of thing, and it was a great event spearheaded by our watchdog team here. That is awesome, and we love to hear that. We love to hear when the watchdogs, not only do they each take a time to come in to volunteer with their kids, but uh, when we put things together as a group and be able to put functions together for the school, that's, that's absolutely great. Well, we are uh, once again with Frederick Nolan of the Jackson, Mississippi Public Schools. Pardon my error there. <laughs> I, was, no I was thinking faster than I was talking. But uh, thank you so much for joining us and for everything you're doing for us down there in Jackson. And thank you all for having us. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll roll into the break. And after the break, when we come back, we're going to have Kim Bearden of the Ron Clark Academy. Hello, this is Keith Shoemaker, National Coordinator of the Dads of Great Students Program and host of the weekly Watchdogs Radio Show. When my dad died of cancer in 1986, my brother Ed became my father figure. We became much closer over the years. My brother was the cornerstone of our family. He was my inspiration, my mentor, and my friend. So when he was diagnosed with colon cancer, it was like our whole family got cancer. He died on March 20th, the same day that my dad died. He was only 60, so this is personal. Now hopefully, my heartbreak is your wake-up call. Colorectal cancer is the second leading cancer killer, but you can prevent this disease. Screening finds cancerous polyps so that they can be removed before they turn into cancer. I've been screened. If you think that you're at an increased risk like I am, ask your doctor when to start screening. And if you're 50 or older, get screened. Please do everything you can to stay around for yourself and for your family. Screening saves lives. This message from the Watchdogs Program of the National Center for Fathering and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Do you remember what it was like when we were in school? Well, today's classrooms are nothing like we remember. Education in today's world is a very dynamic and interactive experience. So, Dad, if you're trying to support your children in their education based on the memories of your education, you may be way off base. So how does a father in today's world learn to support the education of his children? You have to step into the classroom and into the teacher's world. Of course, for important security reasons, you can't just walk into a school. The National Dads of Great Students program, known as Watchdogs, gives dads a chance to step into their children's classroom in a positive and supportive way and learn about supporting teachers and their students in today's educational environment. Over 4,500 schools are currently using the Watchdogs program to engage dads in their community. Call your school to see if a Watchdogs program is available. If not, go to fathers.com watchdogs to learn more. This message is brought to you by the National Center for Fathering and this station. You're listening to Watch Dogs Radio. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Watch Dogs Radio. This is episode number 132. We are coming to you live and later in podcast on March the 31st, 2015, 12.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, it, is, uh, it is now a little bit later than that, uh, but that's our normal time frame. 
And uh, we are having a great time, and I do want to recognize the boss has jumped on board. Hey, boss, how you doing? Mr. Eric Snow, Executive Director of Watchdog. I'm good, Keith. How are you? Hello, Chris. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, hey uh, we, we are so doing far. great. Really looking forward to hearing from Kim also. Absolutely. You know, uh, we talked about real quickly uh, about you know my recent trip to Michigan. I think you just got off a plane too, didn't you? Aren't, aren't you coming in from somewhere? Actually, uh, no, getting ready to head out on a couple of trips. I came back from the National School Board Association, I guess, last week, and I was in there for four days. That was in the great city of Nashville, and it was wonderful to um, stand there in the exhibit hall with our watchdog booth, and literally over a two-day period, I had hundreds and hundreds of people that came by, but Mm -hmm. at least 100 that came by and just wanted to give a shout-out to watchdogs. It was great to read their name tags and have, you know, (laughs) Texas come by and say, we love our watchdogs, and have Pennsylvania come by and say, we love our watchdogs, and have Florida come by. <laughs> Even had somebody from Alaska come by, wow. and she said, we haven't launched our program yet, and I said, if you do, you'll be the first one. So hopefully yep. we got a little bit out of that. It was a wonderful Good. time. Well, Eric, I, I just wanted to recognize you, but I definitely want to get to our special guest, uh, yes. Ms. Kim Bearden, who is the co-founder of the, I'll, I'll say, world-renowned Ron Clark Academy right here in Atlanta, Georgia recently voted one of Georgia's most powerful and influential women. And uh, it is such an honor that that Kim has been able to give us just a little bit of her time. Kim, welcome to Watch Dogs Radio. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Hi, Kim. Great. Hi, gentlemen. Well, Kim, I wanted to start out with uh, there may be somebody somewhere living under a rock that has not heard of the Ron Clark Academy or uh, or who Kim Bearden is. Can you give us just a little bit of background? I know uh, you did a good bit of your teaching in the Cobb County District, which, of course, I'm very familiar with. But uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I've been teaching for 28 years, and during that time I've done a little bit of everything, everything from a classroom teacher, curriculum director, learner support strategist, middle school principal, you name it, I've kind of done it, but my true love is in the classroom, and so I do teach every day. In addition to being the co-founder of the Ron Clark Academy, I'm also the executive director of the school, so I'm uh, the administrator, but also I teach fifth and sixth grade language arts every day. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the Ron Clark Academy, and uh, you know many of us have seen the movie. Tell us a little bit about it, how the idea got started, and and what your what your plans are. Well, absolutely. Well, we are a middle school here in Atlanta. We're grades fifth through eighth, and the reason so many people know about us across the globe is that in addition to being a middle school, we are a demonstration school. We have educators who come here from all over our country, actually all over the world, to come to this tiny little warehouse in southeast Atlanta to sit in our classrooms and watch the teachers teach so that they can hopefully take the methods, strategies, techniques that we have back to their classrooms to become better. Matter of fact, this is our eighth year in operation, and in the past eight years, we've just surpassed 27,000 educators from 40 22 states, 22 countries around the world who've actually come to this wow. warehouse to, to sit in our classes, watch our methods, our, our ways to engage students, to promote academic rigor, to create this climate and culture where all kids succeed, and then they take those ideas back to their classrooms. So, you know, to kind of put it into perspective, right now, as we are speaking, there are one million children who the teacher in front of the classroom has been to the school. And so that's kind of how we are known. <laughs> I am the co-founder of the school with Ron Clark, and our story is kind of interesting. I was teaching in Cobb County Schools in Georgia, very happy there, um, in the year 2000 when I was named the Disney um, Middle School Teacher of the Year for the country. And Ron Clark was also awarded at that same ceremony. He was the overall winner for Disney. And we just hit it off. We both shared this passion, this enthusiasm, this joy for teaching. And he looked at me and said, you know what? You and I, we should start a school together one day. Sure. I said, sure, Ron, that sounds great. Many educators say, you know, if I had a 
school of my own, this would be what I would, it would look like. You know, so that's a common thing for teachers to say. So I really didn't think it would happen. Uh, but all these amazing things did start to happen. Oprah had the Disney teachers on her show, which was very cool. Uh, Ron wrote, she told Ron to write a book. And so he wrote a book called The Essential 55. Some um, people may have heard of that book, but she made one of her book picks. And as a result, it became number two in the nation. And Ron called me up. He said, I'm going to take the money from this book, put it into foundation, come to Harlem, and we're going to start the school. And I said, come to Atlanta, and I'm in. So, <laughs> so okay. I talked to him into coming to Atlanta because my family was here. And we he came to Atlanta, and it took us about three years from the time we said, you know, we're really going to do this until we opened our doors. But um, now we're in our eighth year in operation. Like I said, we've been just, just so fortunate to reach so many children, not only the children who come here every day, but children across this country and around the globe, really inspire them to be better students and, and to thrive academically and to inspire their teachers how to teach them in a more engaging way. Let me jump in here just a second, Keith. Uh, this is Eric Kim. Uh, wonderful story, and I, I'm familiar a little bit with what you all are doing out there, but I have a couple of questions. One, kind of piggyback on the other one, what, what do you think the biggest challenge in educating our kids is today? And, and I say today, it may not be different than it was 50 years ago. I don't know, but I'd like to hear your answer to that. And then secondly, how are the the teaching strategies or techniques that you all have uh, created, how does it address that in a different way than what's being addressed at the other schools? I mean, 27,000 educators is an impressive number to come in and watch what you're doing. So there's got to be something mm-hmm. unique there. Can you speak to that for a little bit? Well, absolutely. You know, as I've, I've had the fortunate you know, opportunity to travel all around the country. I've actually visited schools on six different continents, which is a huge wow. blessing. But when you see these different schools, there's there's a lot of things, commonalities, things that kind of break my heart. You have teachers who are, are working as hard as they possibly can, but they, they've got so many mandates, so much paperwork, so many things that are keeping them from being able to focus on what they most need to do, and that is to be able to engage those students and to be able to challenge those students in a way that inspires them. And so that's what we focus on here. You know, there's three things that we call the pillars of the school. And no matter what you teach, whom you teach, where you teach, what resources you have or what resources you don't have, teachers, if they focus on those things here, they're going to get something out of their their experience. And so the first is student engagement. How do you engage every kid in that classroom? Because teachers, you know, we have some kids who are three grade levels ahead of where they're supposed to be. And then you've got kids sitting there three grade levels below where they're supposed to be. And you've got 32, 34 kids. How do you engage them all? And so we teach them lots of methods for, you know, how you get every child actively engaged in in the curriculum and what you're trying to teach them. We also teach about rigor. There's something that really saddens me is that there's really a culture of low expectations in many schools. And right. and that's not to, you know, put down schools, but you know, that's the frustrating thing is that, you know, a lot of times teachers are told to kind of teach to the middle and hit them all the best you can, you know. Right. And that's yes. not the way. And in doing so, we're sacrificing, we're not challenging our gifted kids. And so thereby, they don't have a work ethic, you know, because they've just been told they're wonderful all the time. And then they get right. out in the real world and they don't know why everybody's just not applauding them. People and they're, you know, it, it, at them when they get out in the real world, or are they? There? They cry because they've never right. been challenged before. They've just been getting straight A's, you know. So that, right. you know, and, and teachers, sometimes they give straight A's because, quite honestly, if you give straight A's, then parents will get off your back, you know. Right. <laughs> Some parents would prefer that a child get straight A's than get a true education, you know. So that's, a, that's a, you know, one of those challenges. But then we create this climate and culture here, and I think that's one of the things that's a big takeaway, and that is that this school is probably the strictest school, hard school. We're big on manners, discipline, respect, but Mm -hmm. it's full of passion and creativity and enthusiasm and joy. And so, you know, our kids, they can't wait to get in the door every day. They feel safe here. But mm-hmm. there's just so much room to thrive. So when teachers come, no matter what they teach, we teach them lots of little techniques and strategies to really hit on those three areas. And so, and it and it really we've had profound effects on schools all across the country. Wow, that's amazing. Now, now you also put on conferences as well. Is that right? 
We do. So almost every Friday, so almost every Friday of the year, we have educators that are here. So usually it's about 200 to 250 every Friday. And then twice a year, we have a National Educators Conference. So our next one is in June. We have about 450 teachers that have already, we've already booked that out um, for our June conference. But, you know, it kind of put in perspective. So tomorrow I have 187 teachers coming based on their registration. I'm sorry, Friday. Based on their registrations, they affect 40,332 kids. So, you know, we're really trying to create this revolution from this tiny little warehouse (laughs) in Mm. southeast Atlanta to try to really motivate teachers, inspire them, but also give them real solid tools that they can take back and use. That's That's incredible, Kim. Let me ask you. Yeah, let me ask a question, Kim. I I was writing things down as you you were saying those. You want to engage the kids. You want to challenge the kids. You want to inspire the kids. And and you talk about that that climate that you create where it's discipline and, and that there's passion there, but the kids feel safe and that there's some structure that they can attach themselves to. But let me ask you this since we're the watchdogs program is is about engaging men in education but really it's about engaging parents in education because we know that whenever the men get more involved that raises the moms are already pretty well represented at school and sometimes they're the ones actually dragging the guys into the mm-hmm. classroom even through the watchdogs program but what message could you give to parents moms and dads to help support these things that you've mentioned in their own school what can they do as a parent if you as an educator what would you say to a parent that you wanted some information that they could come and help their school be better or help their kids get a better education or help the teachers Right. First of all, I love what y'all are doing. It's it's amazing. It's wonderful. Thank and I you. think you're right. We have a lot of, you know, times we have those moms that come to school, but then the dad's like, what do I do? How do I even help? And, <laughs> uh, and I think it's beautiful. We have what our men of RCA. We have a similar program, and it's just, you know what we do? It's, it's actually driven us as educators to think differently about how do we engage our men, and it's been great because, you know, we have men that help with parking and help build things, and have we have volunteer days where they come and they help fix things, and they help, you know, they do these, these and they say it's a great bonding experience for these men to come together, but also they spend time with the students. You know, many of my students do not have a male in the home. And so the other men have come together and say, you know what, we're going to stand in the gap for those men, for those kids that don't have that that positive male role model, for those little girls who don't have a daddy telling them that they're special. You know, they need to have, see what an involved, positive father looks like so that Mm -hmm. that can be a role model for them. And so I I love what you all are doing. And I think that just the key here is it's a partnership. You know, we we work with schools on how they can engage parents more. And, you know, quite often what we see, parents who don't come to school events, it's not that they don't love their kids. They do. Right. Sometimes they've had negative experiences in school themselves. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. they just don't know how to get engaged. Sometimes some schools it's very cliquish, and if you're not on the inner circle, then you're not invited to help. You know, so there's a lot of different dynamics right. depending on the demographics of the school. But I think that. What has to happen is that, that schools have to come together. And, and what we do, the very first time our parents ever step foot on our campus, we celebrate them. We actually have a red carpet. We have the parents <laughs> walking down the red carpet. We cheer for them. They freak out. Some of them, want, <laughs> they're like, what, why are you cheering for us? And, and, you know, we say, because you're going to be a part of this family. We're so excited to have you here. And that already kind of changes the tone somewhat, you know. But um, one of the things that I think that helps is if you can build a community. And when I say that, we memorize the names of all of our parents and the extended family members. Now, we're a smaller school. That, you know, If you have 4,000 kids, that's not obviously something that's mm-hmm. doable. But you know what we've right. done is our parents have even come together and they've said, how do you do that? We said, well, we have pictures of the family. You know, We take a picture. And our parents oh, have said it's such a part of the climate. They're like, well, can we get those pictures so we can know each other? You know, when I'm, when I'm volunteering, I want to know who my kid's friend is. You know, so the parents volunteer. They're like, we just have little family. It's just a cheap little thing, you know, like take pictures and put them out. But, but so we pass it out. It's a great idea. 
But then yeah, all of our yeah. families are like, we're a community. And so if I see this person sitting at a football game, oh, you're Johnny's uncle, aren't you? I saw your picture, you know. And it, and it helps to build that, that camaraderie, that community. And also as a parent, it, you know, you know who your kid's hanging out with, what those parents are like, you know. So it's, it builds that, um, that fosters that relationship where you come together. The other thing I would just say from a teacher's perspective is that one thing that helps us as, as educators is that our intentions, you know, 99.9% of the teachers, their intentions are incredibly honorable and good and want what's best for your child, too. So if a teacher does have to call you and say, you know, that the child did something, please don't get on the defensive. There seems to be this mm-hmm. kind of switch, you know, back from when all right. of us were kids. You know, you, your parent, the teacher called the school. Your parents, you know, asked questions later. First you were punished. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and when a teacher says something like, you know, your child did this, and then the parent looks at the child and says, is this true? Well, then you're, well, no, of course it's true. I just told you it's true. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, you know, good kids, the best kids in the world, they'll lie. And you know what? We yep. lied as kids, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. so that kind of understanding that we, we, we don't want to raise a generation of soft kids we love at our school we hug we embrace but we also discipline and and so i think that sometimes there's as parents we don't want our children to hurt we don't want our children to ever make a bad grade we don't ever want them to fall down we don't ever want them to skin their their knee metaphorically but what we have to understand is that sometimes by letting them trip that's how they actually grow the most that's mm-hmm. how they learn those life lessons you got to be there to help them pick them up but sometimes exactly. you got to let them trip and you got to support the school in that in that process of pushing them so that they can be better let's just keep on going as long as i, I know you're busy kim and if you need to go, certainly let us know. But I, I just love what we're doing here. One of the questions that I wanted to ask you is being a middle school, and I'm familiar with Lakewood, so I know the I know the neighborhood. Being a middle school, one of the questions that I have is where do your students come from as far as I, I would imagine you don't have a hard time recruiting students, but uh, where do they come from? And then they spend five through eight at Ron Clark Academy, and then where do they go? Right. Okay. So we actually, we all come from public school backgrounds here, but we're a private school. But the only reason we're a private school, quite honestly, is so that we can invite a couple hundred people to sit in our classes every week. And Mm -hmm. so to do that, you know, our primary goal was to uplift public education, but ironically, we found we almost had to be private to do that. So our students come to us from all over Metro Atlanta. We have kids from 13 school districts here. But because of the training that we do, we think it's very important that we have a class of learners of all different abilities, just like public school teachers do. So during our missions process, we're very transparent about it, but about a third of the students um, whom we select are students who were doing well, or a small percentage would have been gifted on ability testing. A third of our students were, were right there in the middle before they came here, certainly not living up to what they could be accomplishing. And then a third of our students were not having success before, whether it be learning issues, attentional issues, lack of motivation, but for whatever reason, you know, behavior issues, they were not succeeding prior to coming here. About 80 to 85% of our students would qualify for free or reduced lunch. Some of our families are quite wealthy, but the majority, about 80, we have about 80 to 85% free and reduced lunch rate if you're going to put us into that category like many pri- uh, public schools do. And so we have all those different learners here. And so that when educators come, that's, you know, they, they, find strategies for how do you help when you have a class of all different kids and you're trying to teach them. That's one of the things that we show. When they leave here, though, although they came to us in all those different categories, our students Mm -hmm. thrive. And typically what we want is for our students to have options. You know, we believe in all different types of school and we believe in school choice, you know, but there are many, every child has a different school that would be best for him or her. When our kids leave here, though, um, the majority of them get full ride scholarships to high schools all over the country. Um, Last year, 30 kids got $1.3 million in scholarships for high school. <laughs> so, And some of those were the kids who came to us um, who were behind, but when they 
by the time they left here, they were scoring top scores on the SSAT, which is a private school measure, and grades and interviews and, and thriving. And so we have kids at um, some really great boarding schools, which kind of changes the trajectory for their career, uh, their future in college. Sure. And then we have um, some kids that would turn to their public schools, but when they do, they're involved in the IB programs, the magnet programs, you know, they're in AP classes, they're they're thriving that way. We just want them to have options when they leave here, like other kids who may not have, some of my kids don't have the financial options that other students would, and we want them to have those scholarship opportunities so that they have the freedom to choose the school that's best for them. Wow, that, that's amazing. I, and I, I know I could probably talk to you for a couple of hours with question after question, and I know you don't have time <laughs> for that, but uh, you know, maybe someday. I know uh, I know there's actually been a couple of conferences that you have spoken at that I was speaking at, and we just didn't pass each other in the hallway. <laughs> so maybe someday we will. But, we need uh, to sit down Kim, someday, sure. Thank, absolutely. Thank you so well, much. Well, let me ask this. Is there, is, Kim, is there, is there a place that we can send our listeners to to find out just more information and, and just to kind of drill down a little deeper on some of the great things that you've been talking about in the last few minutes? Absolutely. So if you go to ronclarkacademy.com, we have a website there. And honestly, if you're more of a visual, there's a lot of text there that tells you a lot. But if you're one of those visual people, if you click on the YouTube icon and you go to our YouTube channel, there's a lot of videos that have been made about our school, a lot of news programs that have been done about our school that are posted there. So if you'd rather watch something to learn more about us, you could uh, do it that way as well. Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank and you I've so also, much. I've posted the link to Ron Clark Academy on our Facebook page as well. So if you are listening and you're used to going to the uh, Watchdogs Facebook group, uh, there is a link directly to the Ron Clark Academy there. So, Well, Kim, thank you so much. And, and uh, hopefully uh, if you have time sometime in the future, we would love to have you back on Watchdogs Radio. I will uh, send you some links so that uh, if you want to uh, send this uh, presentation out, we would love to have that happen as well. Wonderful. So, uh, thank you so and can much. Can I add one more thing? I do have a, a book that tells about some of the things. If you go to CrashCourseLessons.com, my book is there. You can read more about that as well. I actually Wonderful. I didn't want to get into that, so we'll uh, we'll have to talk about that the next time. <laughs> okay. So, so much to talk about. The book is called on, uh, Crash Course: The Life Lessons My Students Taught Me, and it's up on Amazon. Everything Simon Schuster published it this past summer. We'll okay, we'll do a we'll link on that. that on our on our Facebook page as well, Kim. Okay, sounds great, gentlemen. Thank you for the work that you're doing to support students and schools. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right. Thank have you. A great day. Bye bye. Again. Once again, we are talking to Kim Bearden, co-founder of the Ron Clark Academy in Atlanta, Georgia, doing some amazing things uh, down there in uh, the Lakewood section of the city of Atlanta and uh, for students all over the metro area. So uh, we are so glad that uh, we were able to uh, join with Kim today, and we did go a little bit over on our presentation, so uh, I hope you had a chance to listen to the presentation. So join us next week. Actually, we are going to have some guest hosts in here next week. Uh, Sean Rumble and Jim Heath will be guest hosting because I will be on screen. So anyway, join us next week, and we will talk to you later. Thank you for joining us in another edition of Watchdogs Radio. Watchdogs Radio is a production of the Dads of Great Students program of the National Center for Fathering. For more information on the Watchdogs program and how to bring this great program to your school, go to fathers.com slash watchdogs. Remember, the only schools that don't have a Watchdogs program are the ones that just don't know enough about us. And now for Eric and Chris and the staff at the Watchdogs National Office in Springdale, this is Keith Shoemaker. Be sure to join us next week. Have a great week.
questions. 